welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. say praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor, let him know you're happy to see him here this morning. If I seemed a little out of sorts a second ago, I had good reason. Something was beeping in my ear. And then they spoke to me, and they said, I need to access your Pandora. So you first thought it was God. And some lady on my earphones was telling me that they needed to access. Then I realized I got to turn my Bluetooth thing off, or they pick up certain things and start talking to you. And then you kind of feel like a looney tune. We've got a lot of things going on in the world today. And uh, it is amazing to see things transpire the way they are. And we just kind of, I hope we don't take it for granted. And uh, we begin to. nonchalantly approach the end time as though we've always been talking about it and then will it really happen uh, as we preach and as the Bible speaks about so it's easy for us to get lulled to sleep and uh, just kind of find things as though they always it's like, almost like Samson when he went to Delilah and Samson, tell me, tell me, what, what is the source of your strength? Ah, if you plait my hair, or if you do this, that, and then he'd wake up, shake himself, and the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him, and he would go out and slay Philistines. Until he got so comfortable with the process that one day he told her what, where his strength came from. And when he shook himself that time, it was too late took his eyes, they put him at the mill to just grind and made sport of him. So if I can encourage you at all this morning, understand what's going on in the Middle East. It's been prophesied for years. It's going to come to pass. We say this little phrase often, only what we do for Christ is going to last. And that's, that's what you've got to get a hold of and realize that this thing can turn, uh, take a turn not just be what's going on in that local region, but they're already talking about it escalating out into other areas. But the Bible talks about the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. And as a child of God, that's what we get a hold of, knowing that in the end time, 
I can do nothing to change what's going to happen. But I can change my heart. And I can work on changing the hearts of other people and help educate them through the Word of God about the peace of God and how you obtain that. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to direct your attention to 1 Samuel, the 28th chapter. Praise God. Samuel 28. Praise God. Praise God. And we're going to begin reading in verses 12. Now here, this is a, a scripture here where Saul, after the Lord has left him, needs an answer. Samuel's also passed away. And uh, Saul consults the medium of Endor. And uh, we pick up this story in verse 12. After she had... uh, Let me go back in verse... uh, Nine, And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits, and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore, then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die. And Saul sware to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spake to the Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what I saw, what what sawest thou? And the woman said to Saul, I saw gods, or a god, or a spirit, ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed. I'm deeply distressed. For the Philistines make war against me, and the God... And God is departed from me and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee and is become thine enemy. And the Lord hath done to him, or David, as he spake by me. For the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand, and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Why? Verse 18. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Because you did not carry out the word of the Lord when it came to Amalek, This is why, this is what has come upon you. Amen. So I say today that the Word of God and the words of God matter. They never die. They're always alive. 
And you and I must adhere to them and get a hold of them. Because the day and time we live in demands it. You want to be saved, you better follow the Word of God. You want to make it to heaven, you better follow the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God. This is not a time to relegate it to a, your coffee table or put it on yourself somewhere or put it in a drawer somewhere. It's time to put it front and center in your life. And let your flesh know that it's now going to be subject to the Spirit and what God wants to do in your life. Lord God, we thank you for this moment in time. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your love, and kindness. Amen, that you so graciously shown to us. I pray, God, for the next few moments that you minister to us, touch us. Let your word have an impact in our life. Let it minister to us. I pray, God, that, 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 that we will open our ears to let you speak to us. Amen. We want to hear what you have to say. And I pray, God, that we will uh, apply it to our lives. And, and, and let it work in our lives and move in our lives and strengthen our lives. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray and everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When you talk about the Word of God, it's often been reviled, but it's never been refuted. Its foundations have been examined by the most searching eyes of our world. And Hume and Gibeon, Voltaire and Laplace, not to mention a multitude of, of vulgar assailants. The Bible has had to sustain the assaults of the greatest talent, the sharpest wit, and the acutest, acutest intellects to make it appear a cunningly devised fable. You have philosophers that have sought arguments amid the mysteries of science and travelers amid the remains of antiquity for that purpose Geologists have ransacked the bowels of the earth and astronomers the stars of the heaven. And yet, through all of that, after having sustained the most cunning, devised, and aptly executed assaults over 2,000 years, the Word of God still exists. It's still a glorious fulfillment of the words of the founder who simply said and is recorded in Matthew 16 and 18 upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's not one thing you can do to make this not a success. This word has been around a long time. They have tried, but they have failed. They continue to try, but they continue to fail. So this morning I want to present to you that the Word of God, as it is said, is forever settled in heaven. Say that with me. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. The messenger may die. Times may change. Culture may change. Circumstances may change, but the Word of God does not change. Because God Himself 
of whom this word is an extension never changes. Turn to your neighbor and say, it never changes. He said in Numbers, the 23rd chapter, verses 19 and 20, notice this scripture. The uh, text of the story here is that God comes and puts a false word into a false prophet, Balaam's mouth, for the king of the Moabites, King Balak. He hired Balaam to curse Israel during their wilderness journey. But every time he would start to curse them, he could only bless them. Come on. That's a powerful God. Somebody hires a guy to curse you, amen, but then all they can do is bless you. Hallelujah. That's what was going on. Balak, the the king of the Moabites, all he wanted, amen, was Israel to be cursed. They were worried and scared to death about Israel, just like everybody is today. Everybody, Everybody just has a problem with Israel. What they don't know is they don't necessarily have a problem with Israel, the people, but they have a problem with the God of the people. I know by God's word that no matter what they go through, no matter what kind of loss, no matter what kind of trouble, no matter what the war is, amen, they will come out in the end, amen, as victorious. I know that. Why do I know that? Because the word of God tells me that. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. So it goes on, verse 19, amen, Balaam is telling Balak, God is is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Now you read that chapter and read there in Numbers and you will find there were several occasions, amen, where Balaam, amen, was paid or asked to bring a curse, but he could only bring a blessing. Think about that today. I'm here to tell you that lets me know right now that there is no devil in hell that has more power than our God and he can do whatever he wants to do but when God stands up he will make even him amen leave and and not bother us anymore he has the power he has the word of eternal life come on turn to your neighbor and say I want to believe in the word of God you believe in the word of this world you're going down You believe the word of the enemy of your soul, you're going down. How can you say that, Pastor? Well, it's because that's what the Bible proclaims. Amen. There's only two destinations. You're either going to be in heaven or you're going to be in hell. Two destinations that the Bible talks about as far as salvation is concerned. Yes, we know there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Yes, we know that there's going to be all of these new things. Old things passed away. Going to be the earth's going to melt with fur. We know all that kind of stuff. Uh, Amen. But I'm here to tell you today is that your salvation uh, is right now. You want to make it right today. You want to get right with God today. You want to believe the word of God today. He asked Moses one time in Numbers 11. The Lord spoke to Moses and he said, Is the Lord's hand waxed short 
Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. He's telling Moses, Moses having a problem. He said, you're going to see whether it's truth or not. That's the reason why they can't do anything about the word of God. They can't refute it. Amen. They can't dispel it. They can't throw it away. And they can't, you know, cause people to just not believe. Why? Because the word of God stands, amen, on the foundation. It can't be disproven. Has my hand waxed short? Thou shalt see. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to see whether his word's going to come to pass or not. Amen. He told Isaiah in Isaiah 40 and verse 8, The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand. Everybody shout it. Stand forever. I'm going to live, and if the Lord tarries long enough, I'm going to die. But there's one thing I can stand here and say. His word never dies. You can stand on it. It will never die. It will stand forever. <clears throat> In Luke, the 21st chapter, Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall not. My word won't pass away. I don't know about you, but I think my faith and trust needs to be in his word. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, do you know the Lord? Let me rephrase that. Do you know of the Lord? Or do you know the Lord? Because there is a difference. I can know you, but really, I can know of you, but I might not really know you. I can see you, but not really know who you are. There's a lot of people that will say Jesus, but they don't know him. They might read a little bit in the word of God, but they read it, but they don't receive it. They don't apply it. It doesn't resonate with them. It's too constrictive. It holds you back. It holds you down. What you're saying is, is that your flesh is what dictates how you live. I don't want my flesh dictating how I live. I want the presence of God. That's why I have to bring my flesh, as the word says, under subjection to the Spirit. In other words, his word needs to control my life and, 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 and help me along the way. Amen. His word is what I've got to stand on. Not my word. My word will fade away. The authorship of this book is wonderful. Here are words written by kings and emperors and princes and poets and sages, philosophers and fishermen and statesmen by men learned in the wisdom of of places like Egypt and educated in, in, in schools in, in Babylon, trained at the feet of rabbis in Jerusalem. It was written by men that were in exile, in the desert, in shepherd's tents, and in green pastures beside the still waters. 
Among its authors we find fishermen and a tax gatherer and, and herdsmen and gatherer of sycamore fruit and find poor men, rich men, state men, preachers, uh, exiles, captains, legislators, judges, uh, amen, men of every grade uh, and class of society. The authorship of this book is wonderful beyond any other book. In fact, let me submit to you, if you, had to get, if you could only keep one book and you had to get rid of everything else, you need to keep the Word of God. Why? Because from Genesis to Revelation, amen, you're going to get anything and everything. It requires... 1,500 years to write it. And the man who wrote the closing pages of it had no communication with the man that commenced. How did these men writing independent produce such a book as a Bible? Other books get out of date when they are 10 or 20 years old. Amen. Books live. This book lives on through ages and keeps abreast of the mightiest thought and the intellect of every age. Amen. Do you like it? You buy a book that you like. You read that book. You have it for a few years. And all of a sudden that book comes back out. Revised edition. And they sell that book. Because you look at it and say, I've got that book. And then they'll say, on the radio and stuff, no, we've added a chapter or two that's relevant to what's going on right now. I'm so glad that this book is never out of date. I can still count on it today as they counted on it back then. It still ministers to me today as it ministered to them back then. It still directs me today as it directed them back then. It still leads and guides me. It still is the lamp under my feet. It still illuminates my pathway. It's still my food when I'm hungry and my water when I'm thirsty. It's my shelter. It's my help in a time of need. It's the Word of God that must and will stand forever. Not your Word, but God's Word. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise Him this morning. Sing them to me again. The wonderful words of life. Let me see their beauty. The wonderful words of life. Amen. Jesus said it as we say, I believe it. And that's settled. Amen. God's Word does not lie. If it's written in the Word of God, if it's written in this book, I, I'm going to believe it till the day I die. Though the mountains would be removed and cast into the seas. Uh, amen. He has not changed uh, his mind. Uh, amen. They can be cast. Uh, the mountains could change. Uh, but the Word of God will live through eternity. Uh, it is forever settled in heaven. There's a lot of people who say, ah, you believe that stuff? It's just a crutch. It's just a crutch. You're weak-minded. <laughs> Tell me that when the fire's falling on you. 
tell me that when I'm at the supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and you're going through the judgments and the chaos of the world. Amen. Tell me that when I'm no longer here and I'm in heaven with my brothers and sisters of like precious faith. Amen. Sitting around enjoying the place of heaven. Amen. Calling him king of kings and the Lord of lords. Tell me that then when you're going through all of the chaos and the wrath of God in this world. You can tell me that then but I won't hear a word you're saying. Just like they're going to cry out to God and he's not going to hear a word they're saying. Because one of these days the trump of God's going to sound and God is going to raise his church up. The dead in Christ, they're going to rise first. Then we which are alive remain are going to be caught up together to meet them in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. It's going to happen as sure as you're sitting on a church pew today and I'm standing in shoe leather on this platform. It's going to take place. God spoke it to you something this morning. If he speaks it, or many years ago, it makes no difference. He has not changed his mind. Nor has God changed his plan for us. Unless your own actions have forced God to deal differently with you. If you've been born of the Spirit and filled with His filled with His Spirit and baptized in His name, and, and you don't, well, let me say it this way: you have no business flirting around with the things of the world. You say, why is that, Pastor? Why, why do you got to be so strong with some of your words? Well, that, really, I wasn't that strong enough. Uh, amen. What really, really what I need to say is to, something that will shake you at your core and your foundation, uh, that will make you understand uh, that losing this blesses truth, uh, amen, and missing out on what God has in store for his people is the worst and greatest mistake that you and I can make. Because when the trump of God sounds, the Spirit of God will vacate the premises of this earth. And then all you will have is evil continuously. The enemy of your soul will have free course, free reign. And I, for one, do not want to be here. I, for one, have made my reservation. And I'm planning on making my way out of this world. Don't, don't play around with truth. Don't play around with, well, God really doesn't mean what he says. God means what he says. If you go into the Old Testament, you will find out. Saul found out. Saul found out when God said, destroy them all. And then he had to go and disguise himself to the witch of Endor. Because he couldn't hear from God. And Samuel was dead. Come on, i got to have an answer. What kind of answer do you get? <laughs> what can I do for you? God's turned his back on you. Hey Amen, you're done. The kingdom's been taken from you. It's going to your neighbor, David. 
I've already anointed him to be king over Israel. Let me tell you, folks, there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day when your voice will ricochet around your four walls and your ceiling. It's not going to go anywhere. Why? God's not going to hear you. Why? Because it's done. Amen. He has said it is finished. Now we're going into that time of great tribulation. Understand me today when I tell you, you need to shake yourself to the very core. I know this is a Sunday morning. I know we're here for a little while. Amen. But you know what? All it takes is for you to determine in your heart and in your mind to say, you know what? What that preacher's preaching right now, amen, is ministering to me and I want to be saved. I don't want to leave here the same way that I came in. I want to leave renewed in the Spirit or filled again with the Spirit of God. God's word will always come to pass. God told Noah it was going to rain and the earth would be flooded. A century and two decades later, it had not yet happened. But Noah kept believing. God said it was going to rain. And God said there's going to be a flood. A century, 120, and two decades, years later. He kept believing it. He kept preaching it. He kept promoting it. He kept telling him, hey, this is the judge. Why are you building that? What are you? It's never rained before, Noah. Are you out of your ever-loving mind? All we have is the dew that comes up from the ground. It's never done though. Why are you? Well, God told me to do it. God told you to do it, to build this monstrosity out here. God said it was going to rain and it was going to flood. And no matter what anybody said to try to discredit the Word of God, he kept believing in the Word of God. He had faith in the Word of God. He kept doing the work of God. What God set out for him, he kept at it until the day that they went into the ark and God closed the door and it rained and it flooded the world and destroyed it. I don't know about you, Ah, Bible, you know, they say that, oh, they've been talking about the coming of the Lord for a long time and it hadn't happened yet. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't happened yet. Well, I'm telling you, I'm going to keep on preaching it. I'm going to keep teaching it. I'm going to keep believing it. I'm still going to have faith in it because he said he was coming back and I'm banking on it. He's going to come back. And I don't want to be somebody still sitting here on this earth as they did trying to knock on the door of that ark. Let me in, let me in, let me in. Eh, church. Bunch of hype and all this excitement. What's that for? Why do you do that for? That's nonsense. I'm still going to believe it. I'm still going to preach it. I'm still going to come. I'm still going to pray. I'm going to still read the word of God. Amen. I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to believe and believe and believe and believe and believe and believe and believe until it comes to pass. Why? I know it's going to come to pass. Why? Because he said it in his word that it's going to come to pass. And what he says in his word comes to pass.
Don't ever discount the word of God. What he says, it will happen. Abraham and Sarah were promised a child when they were well up into years. It seemed so far-fetched that Sarah, she laughed in her heart because of their age, a child. Amen. But notice this. Notice this fact. Even at their extended age, it was still almost another 15 years until Isaac, until after Isaac was born. Understand it. Amen. Amen. 15 why? Well, they had Ishmael before then. So the word of God came. And there they were. And uh, the Lord said, to Sarah, why'd you laugh in your heart? This is going to take place. It's going to happen. Understand, the word of God does, is not, it, it's never null and void. It remains. Preacher, you ain't going to tell me what to do. No, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to preach you the word. And then you will decide. You will decide whether you're going to accept the word of God or not. And if you don't accept the word of God, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a bad day for you. Heaven and earth again shall pass away, but my word... Gonna stand forever. Now, which side do you want to be on? Elijah on the hillside overlooking Jordan. Second Kings two nine. They had already passed through Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. Elijah finally asked Elisha, "What is you want? What do you want?" Elisha replied, "I want a double portion." Hey man, I want a double portion of what you have. Hey man. And if you'll read that story and notice the remaining life of Elisha, he does exactly double the miracles that Elijah did, save one. Amen. I, I can imagine at the funeral of Elisha, they said he almost made it. Uh, amen. One more miracle and he would have doubled. Uh, amen. What his master Elijah did. Too bad he fell short. His word has failed. Story doesn't end there. 2 Kings 13, 20, 21. Read it. There's an invasion of the Moabites. There they are again. Let me stop and tell you this right now. If you allow the enemy to stay in your life, you may chase him out for a little while, but he always has a way to creep back around and begin to inflict injury on you again. Hear me when I tell you this. You have to destroy with the working of the Spirit of God in you the very enemy of your soul. You've got to destroy it. You've got to snuff it out. You've got to push it out. You've got to have God, amen, help you build your fortress and bring you the strength that you need. It's not in the world. It's in God. So, you read the story in 13 chapter 2 Kings. Amen. Here's the Moabites, the invasion of the Moabites, and there's a funeral procession going on, and the, the, the people hastily threw the corpse into the sepulcher of Elisha so they could run and hide because they couldn't run very fast and very far carrying around a dead body. And the minute the dead body touched the dry bones of Elisha, he popped up. He sprang to life. Come on, how many have ever read that story before? 
Amen. Let me say it this way. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Don't ever count God out. You say, why? Because God never sleeps nor he slumbers. And God never, God never gives up. Amen. And God, 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 God sees it all, whatever it might be. And it makes no difference if it happens now or 30 years from now. His word is still alive. Even in judgment, you can't escape God's word. You can't. But here's the key. There's one exception. It's called repentance. It's, it's knowing how to say, I'm sorry. You know what I love about God? If I go to him and say, I'm sorry, he doesn't look back at me and say, okay, go stand in the corner for 35 days. He doesn't get the razor strop out after me. He doesn't go pick his favorite switch. He doesn't pick up a shoe and throw at me. He doesn't get the wooden, the wooden spoon out of the, of, the, of the baking drawer. No. He just puts his arms around me. And he loves me. Come on. Remember the story? Remember the story of the son that said, Dad, give me my inheritance. I'm leaving. I'm done with this. I'm the prodigal son. You remember that? And he goes away in the Bible. Simple, simple storyline. He says, he goes out there and he spends all that he's got on riotous living. And then a famine comes. And when that famine comes, he starts thinking as he's sitting in that pig pen, eating that stuff. He says, maybe if I go back to my father's house, I don't need to be his son. If he can just let me be a servant. If I can just go back to be a servant. Amen. So he goes back and his father sees him afar off. And he runs to meet him. And he says, get the robe. Get the ring. Let's clean him up a little bit. Amen. Kill the fatted calf. My son has come home. Now his brother, that never left, stayed there. Bless God. They should do some time. Bless God. They need to, they need to, we need to keep an eye on them, bless God. I'm waiting on you to make a mistake. And that way, when you make a mistake, I can say, I told you so. It's not the way God is. God takes his arms. He wraps them around you. He brings you in. Amen. He sets you back up at this, at the king's table. Amen. You get the best of things. Come on, listen to me. It's the word of God. It's how God operates. Amen. God, he's not willing that any should perish. He wants everybody to come to repentance. The angels rejoice over one that comes to repentance. One. Everybody say one. One. 
you want to hear the rest of this? Or you may quit. First Samuel 13, Samuel comes upon Saul, who has disobeyed him by taking the place of the priest. He pronounced judgment on the house of Saul. Then in chapter 15, 23, at the battle of Amalek, he disobeys the man of God again by sparing Agag and the Amalekites after God said to destroy them. Notice how Samuel is dead. He's buried. Saul lives on, but he is in a trouble. He needs word from God. In 1 Samuel 28, 14, Saul goes to the witch of Endor, calls up the she calls up Samuel from the grave. And regardless of what you think or feel about Samuel speaking from the dead, amen, we should notice simply this in verses 15, 16 and 18, that Samuel tells Saul exactly. Everybody shout exactly. The same thing that Saul had already been told when the prophet was still alive. He didn't stop and say, well, Saul, you went to all this hard work. You disguised yourself. You come out here. Let me see if I can talk to God and, and maybe we can... Let him change it, call, ask him to change his mind. No, it wasn't that. He said, look, I've told you this before. I'm going to tell you the same thing. You are done. Amen. Hear me right now. You can kill the preacher. You can bury the preacher. You can forget about the sermons that they preach, but I'm here to proclaim to you the word of God lives forever. First Kings 21, 23, Elijah pronounces judgment on three people, Ahab, Benadad, and Jezebel. Ahab is killed in the very next chapter by the Syrians. Soon after, Benadad is killed by Haziel, by a decade, but a decade passes, and old Jezebel still behind the throne of Joram, calling the shots while her sister-in-law, Athaliah, down in Jerusalem, is the power behind the throne there. But God's word did not change. Ahab was dead. Amen. Elijah is dead. But God's word never dies. Now let me read 2 Kings 9, 32, uh, amen, to 37. Notice, and he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two, uh, two or three eunuchs, uh, and he said, throw her down. So they threw her down, uh, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, uh, and he trod over her, or, uh, her underfoot. Uh, and when he was come in, uh, he did eat and drink and said, Go, see now this cursed woman, uh, and bury her, for she is the king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Wherefore they came again and told him and said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake unto the servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. And the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, This is Jezebel. doesn't matter, Brother Jim, how long. God's word will come to pass. He said he's going to come again. doesn't matter how long he's going to come again. Listen to me. The word of God never dies. We should never give up. 
what we've been praying for and what we've been promised. Revelation 5, 7. I'm coming to a close. Here's what the word of the Lord says in verse 7 and 8 of Revelation 5. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are, everybody say, which are the prayer of the saints. Along with the book, he took the golden vials full of prayers of the saints. Can I submit to you this morning? Some of those are your prayers. But the prayers are not poured out until chapter 8 of the book of Revelation, verse 3 and 4. Notice what it says. And I close. And another angel came and stood at the altar having golden censer. And there was given to him much incense that he should offer it with prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angels. As we stand this morning all over this place, very quietly, please. I open these altars to you today. Altars of repentance. Altars of change. Altars of commitment. Altars of dedication. Altars of reconsecration. Whatever needs to happen or be applied to your life. This morning, I open these altars. Please come. Find that place of prayer. Recommit to His Word. His Word's never going to pass away. His Word's never going to pass away. His Word's never going to pass away. Heaven and earth shall, and not His Word. That's it. Wherever you're at, just talk to Him right now. He's as close as the mention of his name. Right where you stand, right where you sit. Speak to him. Let his word become real in your life. Reacquaint yourself with some of the prayers and requests that you've made down through the years that may have not come to pass yet. Rededicate yourself to the Word. Rededicate yourself to the Word. Let God be real. Let God touch your life. Let God